It's so hard to not abuse animals. Carnies can fuck themselves. Do you think it's hard? Very hard not to abuse animals. This is a shot of all Why would it be so hard? This is a shot of all. I don't understand that. I'm warming my hands because it is cold in Wisconsin. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying meeting people in Wisconsin, though. All the old ladies kind of sound like my mom, which makes me sad, but also kind of makes me nostalgic. It's a weird feeling because I never thought that my mother had an accent. I knew she was from Wisconsin, and she had a funny way of talking sometimes. But now any woman that's kind of my mom's age out here sounds like my mother it's a very strange phenomenon that I think that is a uh, very, I don't know. It's an interesting, it's an interesting thing is all, but I'm still at the cabin, um, at the American in the Dells, the Wisconsin Dells. But yesterday we went to university of Madison where they will be testing soon. Hopefully not, but they, they're planning on testing on marmoset monkeys, uh, to deprive them of sleep and then force them to do tricks for food. So they deprive them of sleep and food and then use food as a re as a reward to, for them to do tricks whilst sleep deprived. Then they will crack those baby monkey skulls open, scramble their little brains, um, and will then make reports on how animals, uh, how cognitive how cognitive ability declines through sleep deprivation. But if you've ever pulled an all-nighter and tried to go to work the next day or tried to take a test or any of those types of things, then you know that when you are sleep-deprived, your little brain, your little thinker starts starts uh, getting a little 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 queer, you know? Your little your little thinker starts getting a little 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 hard, little little temperamental. So I think it's a very idiotic um a very idiotic thing to do test on monkeys but i just found out that um the chancellor has a has a, a, an instagram and so the chancellor's instagram is uw chancellor university of wisconsin chancellor uw chancellor and you can go there and uh, contact her her name is jennifer manukin and urge her to disallow the there she is pretending to be a scientist there she is um i attended med school for the afternoon earlier this week she says there she is in a lab i think it's a great photo of her in a lab i think that if you care about animals you can urge her to not allow it right now i'm on campus every day and for the next for yesterday and today i'll be talking about this on campus every student i've talked to is like what the fuck are we doing every student that I've mentioned it to is like, huh, we're doing what? And then when I tell them, yeah, this, this university has a long history of breaking the law and working um, in ways that are even in violation of the very few rules that are actually, that are, that are attempting to protect animals. There's a, there are very, very few animal welfare rules when it comes to, uh, to animals in laboratory environments, almost none. And yet, the University of Maryland, I'm sorry, University of Wisconsin, Madison has broken them time and time again. You can look up double trouble. You can look up the uh, harb, um, what's it called? The Harrow Her experiment, the one where they had the monkeys, they, they, they stole monkeys from their mothers and they had the baby monkeys either go to a warm, furry, comforting um, fake mother, like a, um, like a doll, or go to a cold, um, non-caring, non-warm, you know, uh, feeding machine and to determine if monkeys, baby monkeys wanted care 
and nurturing or if they wanted food. Do you go to your mother for food or nurturing? Now, I think that is a horrible thing to test on because who cares whether or not, I mean, you can observe these things. What a crazy world we live in where we're going to take baby monkeys away from their mothers in order to give them doll mothers, one that is warm and caring and and furry and one that is uh, just a feeding machine and then see which, which one do the baby monkeys prefer and then kill the baby monkeys. Of course, we have to kill the baby monkeys. All, all, all laboratory animals are killed in the end. Never forget that when they're like, well, let's, what's the big deal? because they kill them they kill them too so that's the thing if you are if you are interested please go to uw chancellor over on instagerms and you can see that uh, i've already commented please comment on uw chancellor's instagram and ask her to stop allowing animal testing especially the marmoset monkeys you can let her know that you are uh, understand that there will be that they will be important you know, they've bought some marmosets and they will be murdering marmosets. It's a marmoset massacre is what's happening. The flyer says, has Wisconsin gone mad? As in Madison, Wisconsin. So please go over there and do that. Baby monkeys just want bacon, pug bacon, Sky. Yeah, exactly. What's the freaking point of these Frankenstein experiments? Well, what the point is, what the point is, is money. I mean, it's always money. Don't don't ever don't ever assume it's anything else. Like it's some kind of greater good for humanity that they're trying to discover. It's always about publishing papers, getting into journals, about launching careers, about publishing or perishing. It's always been about that because the university needs to get more money in order to get that money. They experiment on animals. In order to get more animals, they need to get more money. In order to get more money, they need to get more animals. So it goes around in this hideous cycle, and the only victims are the are the animals, but also the humans, the humans who are traumatically who experience pretty horrible trauma because they're forced in in no uncertain terms, really. They're they're forced because they're made to believe that what they're doing is necessary and, and that they have to do this. In fact, yesterday when I was on campus, I saw a um don't say anything about your plan to break them out. Don't yeah, I don't have any plans to break them out. Um well, they're not here yet, right? They're not here. Supposedly, they're not actually on campus yet, but they have ordered them. And so now we're here to stop it. Okay, so the other thing is um, yesterday got in, I got in really interesting conversations at Madison. Madison's been so interesting because the student body, super curious, very interested in, in the message, very interested in the VR. We did, I think, 40 different VR set. I mean, we really had a lot of people to go through the VR experience um, about being abducted by aliens and using the analogy for a, for what animal, what animals go through, through testings, but um, through, through experiments, but also I met people who were um, afraid that they were going to have to, because they were psych majors or something. And they were afraid that they're going to have to witness these things. I even talked to someone who was working on medication for genetic heart failure and was arguing that testing that testing this medication on mice is a necessity. And I'm like, no, it's not. And he would, he would say, yes, it is. And it's, it's very difficult because you end up going, well, no, no, I'm not going to agree with you that 50 mice is, are here to save one human. That's not the truth. The mice have nothing to do with our genetic heart failure. The mice also do not have human hearts. Use somebody else. Use somebody else, not mice. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, well, you'll, you'll, you'll kill people if you give them this medication. Well, then maybe we shouldn't be doing it. How about that? Well, it was so interesting. And he's like, well, well what do you think I should do? I said, don't, maybe we should go into what causes this thing, not medicate. Let's face it, you're developing medication not to save lives, but to make money. That's why you're doing it. It's not to save lives. Big Pharma doesn't care about lives. They do not. They do not. They care about money. That's what they care about. 
could someone have lifestyle? If you knew that you had genetic heart failure coming around the corner, do you think that you might be able to make some kind of adjustments in your lifestyle in order to uh, increase the quality and longevity of your life? I think that that's certainly a possibility. I don't. I just cannot believe that people have been duped into thinking that this is a necessity. Also, vet students. Yeah, it was. It's always about funding. So, like. I was told by someone who does human testing that when they get an NIH grant, a major portion of that NIH grant goes to just facilities, goes to just the university to keep the lights on, to buy chairs and tables and pay for admin and all of these massive costs that that the universities already have incurred, right? So in order to continue this behemoth, just to, to feed the golem, you need to constantly be getting grants. They have whole teams. That's all they do is they write grants in order to pay for those teams. You need to get grants. You need to get grants to pay for the grant writers. In order to get the grant writers, you have to test on animals. It's imbecilic the way we're going about this. It needs to stop. We need to break that cycle, and it needs to stop uh, yesterday. Stop experimenting on animals. I saw someone in my hotel today that had a a beagle shirt on that said liberate beagles i I wanted to approach her and give her a sticker i have the i have the stickers right here i was like oh i want to give you i had like i was i'm gonna give this this lady some stickers and then i walked over to her table i had to walk by her table to get coffee and um she was middle-aged woman and she's like um she's eating yogurt and i went forget it Forget, I don't even want to talk to you, Carney. If you if you're wearing a Liberate the Animals t-shirt and you are eating yogurt, um I, I shit, man. I'm sure you're you're trying, but I don't want to talk to you. Ego ego stroking and money grubbing, exactly. Obesity, heart disease, and most cancers are caused by diets, lifestyles, but the medical industry doesn't make money if we are healthy. Bingo. Medical industry doesn't make healthy, doesn't, doesn't make money if they cure the disease. They make money by treating the symptoms. They sell you the disease and they sell you the cure. That's what they do. But they're not going to sell you the real cure. Of course not. We'll cure cancer in mice, but we still can't do it in humans. You know why? Because it's not profitable. It's not profitable to cure cancer in humans. Give me a break. Give me a break. All right, so there's another thing that I want to just look at really quickly, something that I discovered today. It was this. It was this interview. I'm only going to play a couple seconds of it, but it was this interview with Sigourney Weaver. The, the actual use of the guns was very difficult for me. I, I, had, a, I had sort of an unanticipated, very uh, un, uh, uncomfortable reaction to, to shooting and killing things. Uh, um, I think was, I'm so glad that they were monsters and not people. I think- oh, let's see. That. She, 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 was, she was afraid to use the guns because she felt uncomfortable pretending to kill people. It would have been much, much harder. Um, but uh, I think that's good. I, I mean, I sort of tried to use that because I don't think Ripley is a violent person, especially after everything that's happened to her. So I think that the decision she finally makes to wreak havoc on the aliens is, um, is sort of a, a tiny explosion of madness for a second, you know. Close. Uh, so she says that Ripley's decision to kill the monsters in the aliens is an explosion of madness. It's not something that because Ripley's a nonviolent person. And I was like, <coughs> why does the Gorney Weaver sound like she's a vegan? And of course... Um, I went ahead and Googled that, and it turns out, it turns out Sigourney Weaver, Weaver is vegan. <coughs> One part of maintaining her ageless look is a vegan diet. She tries to instill on her sets. The star who is currently working on Avatar sequels says that James Cameron shows there's always vegan food on set. Of course, we know that James Cameron's a famous vegan future vor type person. So isn't that interesting? I, I didn't, I, I listened to this. For some reason, this came up in my feed. This thing about Sigourney Weaver saying that she's afraid she d- she wouldn't feel comfortable killing uh, humans or any real animals, even in make believe, as a character. And I'm like, how? Would, what an interesting thing. And then she says, she says, yeah, uh, Yale drama didn't teach me this. It's funny. I know she went to Yale either, but. How fascinating that she's talking like a vegan, and I look it up, and of course she is vegan. Isn't that cool? I had no idea. I was today years old when I found that out. I didn't know that today 
I was uh, was the day I would find out the Sigourney Weaver's vegan. I've always had kind of a weird crush on her ever since Ghostbusters. But um, in I, 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 of course, everyone loves her in the Aliens movies. But I thought she was super cool in Ghostbusters. There is no Dana, only Zool. Anyway, yeah, really, yeah, really, huh? There you go. You tuned in for something today. This is the pre-shift. This is the pre-shift, and today is National Straight Edge Day. National Edge Day. There you go. If you don't know what straight edge is, um, I've always really kind of liked these straight edge. You know, it's, it's about sobriety. Maybe you know the the idea of sobriety. I, of course, when I was a kid, I was really into punk rock music. And a lot of people who were into straight edge music were also vegans because sometimes people who are into straight edge stuff also were against evil or disgusting or unhealthy diets. So they become plant-based. And those were kind of like the first people I was around who were vegetarians or vegans when I was a kid. And straight edge music was really popular for my generation because those clubs were all ages. You could go see a straight edge show because they weren't serving alcohol. So you could go in and see uh, all sorts of cool stuff, right? Now, I think that's pretty neat. I think so a lot. So National Straight Edge's October 17th promotes a movement of youth refraining from using alcohol, tobacco, and other recreational drugs. This guy looks straight edge. Tyler Starr is straight edge. You know, um, I think, I think, think i don't want to speak for cranky vegan but i think he might be straight edge too um anyway a lot of people in the vegan movement are straight edge and if you know any let them know today is national edge day it is as part of the straight edge movement hashtag national edge day teens and young adults pledge to live a clean lifestyle many who follow the movement also abstain from recreational sex and unhealthy food choices huh Encourage you to support those who live in the straight edge lifestyle. Support them. I support them. <laughs> and again, just because someone ab abstains from these things doesn't mean they're dull. Some may travel and explore the world. They may be thrill seekers or collectors of knowledge. Perhaps they absorb languages and music instead, instead of chemical without chemical enhancements or. It says enhancements, but I think chemical abuse is really what they're worried about, not chemical enhancement. Anyway, um, how to observe, you can uh, go to an event. Most of them are on the East Coast, but uh, you can join an event near you or organize one or hashtag National Edge Day. Isn't that interesting? 1999, the Straight Edge Movement launched this National Day. So I was already in Germany. So this is way after when I was I knew Straight Edge Kids with an event held in Boston under the name Edge Fest. Straight Edge is a subculture of subgenre of hardcore punk whose adherents refrain from using alcohol, tobacco, and other recreational drugs. A oh, Minor Threat. They're a hardcore punk band. Everyone loves Minor Threat. If you don't know them, what are you going to Does alcohol release stress? Many people say take the edge off. <laughs> While one drink may relax you, alcohol may have other side effects. All right, you already know all this stuff about that. So can I leave it without alcohol? Meditation is a great way to relieve stress without alcohol. Well, today is National Edge Day, so I've just decided I am not going to drink or smoke or do anything like that today. Why not? It's National Edge Day. I'm not, I'm straight edge for a day. Why not? The vocalist from Winds of Plague was straight edge. Yeah. You know all about the X. The X. Of course you do. I always wish I, I, I could be, but it's not happening. I mean, it's a whole movement. You got to be part of the movement. But... uh I always like the straight edge kids, you know. Sometimes they got violent, but other than that, I, I like them. Sometimes, sometimes the straight edge kids were a little violent. They'd go like see see people smoking and beat them up or something. But I didn't like that stuff. But I thought the straight edge movement was pretty cool, except for the whole non not sex thing. N not all of them don't have sex. That's not all of them. <laughs> It's so weird. The straight edge movement, it's complicated, like a lot of other movements. Like our thing, it's a little complicated. What are you going to do? Things get complicated. As soon as you have a movement, things get complicated. The word of the day is mollycoddle. Don't mollycoddle me. Don't mollycoddle. Who are you mollycoddle? Should we mollycoddle 
every carny. So we mollycoddle every one of them. It's when you are treating a person with excessive or an absurd degree of indulgence or, or attention. Newborn cub enjoys being mollycoddled by its by his mother. Oh, God. Casual speciesism much? A newborn cub at the wildlife park enjoys being mollycoddled by their mother, his mother, her mother. Not its. Come on now. Come on now. Miriam Webster. What the heck? What the heck, Miriam Webster? All the way in 2023, this January, United Manager Heckingbottom was never been one to mollycoddle players. And he says it's up to the individuals concerned to ensure they're getting the fitness work that they need. There you go. Molly coddle. You want to know where you want to know where it comes from? Me too, because I have no idea. This is kind of a new word for me. I never heard Molly coddle. Have you? It's a new word for me. Let's find out where it comes from. Coddling eggs is delicate business. Oh, no, we're going to talk about eggs. Jesus, you need to cook them slowly and gently, keeping the water just below boiling. Oh, God damn it. We're not supposed to be cooking eggs. Eggs don't belong to us. Why are you cooking eggs, Miriam Webster? There's no reason to cook an egg. Eggs belong to chickens. Don't cook them. Given how carefully you need to treat the eggs, it's not surprising that some believe the cooking sense of coddle led to the sense meaning to treat with excessive care or kindness. Another source is possible, though. The pamper coddle may be linked to coddle, a curative drink of yore made usually of warm ale and wine mixed with bread or gruel, eggs, sugar, and spices. Sounds like uh, some kind of gross form of eggnog. Regardless, Molly Coddle was formed by combining the pamper sense of coddle with Molly, the nickname for Mary. In its earliest known uses in the mid-1800s, Molly Coddle was a noun, a disparaging and now dated synonym of our modern wimp. But in short time, it was used to be as a verb you're likely to encounter today. So you're likely to encounter this word mollycoddle. I don't think I've known mollycoddle, but now I know this word and I'm going to use it. But I will not be mollycoddling carnies. I will not mollycoddle carnies. Yeah. Why they got to use a species this example? Well, they're saying that it might come, that coddle might come from like the idea of eggs. But um, anyway, don't cook eggs. They don't belong to us. It's that easy. Yeah, not to be accused with coddled with Molly. <laughs> Don't Molly coddle. Yesterday, also, I had the um, so Molly coddles your word of the day. Hopefully, you can use it in your activism. Hope you can. I'm going to try to use it in mine. Yesterday, I also, for the first time on this journey, had a very exciting experience where, um, so the 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 student the student body ASAP academics for the Society of Animal Protection academics. Association of Students for the for Animal Protection. Association of Students for Animal Protection. I think that's what it is. Anyway, ASAP is a very cool organization. There's two, there are two organizations um, for animal protection on campus, and the one that we were talking with today, we kind of had they had a table next to ours, next to our truck, and they were giving away free uh, vegan cookies. And I thought that was pretty cool. So you, they says, answer interesting questions and get a free vegan cookie. And if you're already vegan, you get a cookie just for being vegan. So they would and you would ask questions and they would they would do that. So they got to start some really interesting conversations, and I really enjoyed some of them. It was one of I, I would jump in, and I'm kind of a jerk that way because I just like want to jump in and find out more about where people are coming from. And it's really exciting for me to have those conversations now because a lot of what we've been doing is handing out flyers and trying to give information. But I love the conversation part of it, of, of activism and outreach. And so we had um, three people who were like super Catholics. And this was so cool. So they start arguing with me about religion and how they're made in God's image. And at one point I'm like, well, you can use that, you know, Tristan Tate, you know, argument. And the dude who was using it started cracking up because I because I called him out on it, and I'm like, but but if you but everything that you say that you claim without proof can be dismissed without proof. You need to be coming at me with evidence. You can't just say we're made in God's image. And he was just like, God. And so the uh, the other um, Catholic starts talking about how he wanted to um, that you don't need the Bible to defend the, to, to see that we're different from animals in what way, how are we different? Uh, we got dangerously close to name, name that trait. But, um, 
we didn't. We had a really productive, interesting conversation where we left. Uh, I think I think we gained a lot from it. And I had a good time talking with some Catholics about about um, about veganism. But what's really interesting is that there were three. And in the end, one stayed behind and said, man, you got me really thinking about this. I can't believe that I'm really I don't think we need to be eating animals. I don't think Jesus would rape a cow. I didn't know that they were. And he was so into it. He's like, I, didn't, I don't think Jesus would slit the throat of a pig. I don't think he would. He was really fucking really down. And so I was like, here's a here's a guide to going vegan. And then he started asking me about protein and B12. But that's when he started, he was already saying that Jesus wouldn't kill a pig. And so it was so refreshing to have a person go like, wow, you really got me thinking about this. You got me. And I was like, it felt fantastic. Um, especially because it came from this, it started out as Jesus told us to eat animals. You know, Genesis says that we have dominion. It started out like that. And it ended with two kind of walking away. One walks away because he's like Tristan Tated. The other one was like, interesting conversation. Thank you so much for enjoying, for having it with me. To the last guy being like, I'm thinking about going vegan. That's the that's why we do it, man. It was such a cool conversation. So I had a really good time with that. I moved an hour in the wrong direction. This is why I never see you anymore. I'm terribly sorry that I yeah, Hitchens Razor, exactly. Um, this is why I never see you anymore. Well, I'm moving an hour. Uh moving one more out, out after tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll be moving. So tomorrow's going to be weird anyway because I have to leave super early to go down to Denver. Once I'm in Denver, I'll be an hour towards <laughs> – I'll be an hour later. It'll be an hour later. Yeah. I'm changing time zones again tomorrow. So it'll be weird tomorrow, and then on Thursday we'll be back one hour closer to my original time for pre-shift. <laughs> so sorry. You have to – this is a wild ride across America, guys. We gotta, you gotta stick with me, please. Just stick with me. Not facts is the goal. Thank you so much, Deb Thompson. It was really refreshing. They took a guy to going vegan, and and it, he was really great to see someone just be like, "Yeah, you know, it's clicked." Fuck me. Jesus wouldn't slit the throat of a pig. You're absolutely right. It was great. Daylight savings isn't your fault. Ooh, is daylight savings over? No, it's 8 o'clock right here. It's 8.30 where I'm at right now. Daylight savings hasn't... Oh, my brain broke. Blame the carnies. Blame the carnies. I always blame the carnies for everything. I'm so glad we got rid of daylight savings time here. Has, have, have you guys changed daylight savings time? Already? Is it that time again? I forgot. But no, it's still 8.30 here, right? Yeah, no, we do it on a Sunday. You guys must be doing it on a different day. Maybe this Sunday is different. I don't know. I'll have to find out. Damn. When is David? When is daylight savings time? When is daylight savings? Twenty twenty-three. March twelfth to November fifth. So we have a little bit of time. In two weeks, we'll spring forward. On Sunday, March twelfth, and Sunday, March November fifth. We'll go back, right? I think, yeah, fall back. We'll fall back on November 5th. That's what's happening. Oh, it's Wednesday morning here. What universe are you in? <laughs> it's Tuesday morning here. Yeah, it's Tuesday. <laughs> Arizona never changes time. LOL, sadly. Sometimes literally. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, when you're going from Arizona, from Nevada to Arizona, there's even a sign that says, Hey, we don't do, we don't do it here. So make sure you change it. Oh, wow. Half an hour ago is Tuesday night. Wow. Carrie, you're changing the, you're changing everything. Don't forget. Well, I guess yesterday for you was straight edge day was edge day. But for me today is edge day. So yesterday you weren't supposed to drink anything today. You can do whatever you want unless you're still straight edge. 
Well, there you go. Meanwhile, there is uh, a little bit of what's going on here. We have today in history, the 17th of October. That's today, yeah. Today's September 17th of October. Sevastopol, first time during the Crimean War in 1854, was attacked. But look at this. The hell, the, the death railway was completed by Allied POWs. What was that movie? The What was that movie where they, was it the, some, What's that movie called? There's a there's a song where they whistle. Anyway, it's the Allied POWs and Asian laborers are used of the Japanese army in 1943 to build the Burma Railway. Finally completed. Yeah, the Death Railway, they called it. Finally finished. What was that movie called? Does anyone know what movie that was where they build the... Was it some... It sounds like... No, it's not Great Escape. Bidge over River Kwai. Thank you, Deb Thompson. You got it. That's what that movie's about, right? The Bridge over River Kwai, I think, is about the Burma Railway. I could be wrong, but I think that's what that what that movie was about, was the Death Railway. Um, Islamic State Headquarters, Raqqa, declared under full control of U.S.-led alliance in 2017. It's so interesting. I don't want to talk about the Middle East, but it's like I can't escape it. Can we escape the Middle East? No, in fact, the president of the United States is going to be visiting Israel today. And, um, well, I just don't, I, I mean, ever since, ever since the thing in, um, in the Ukraine started, I've had bad feeling about this, uh, this year. And when everyone's talking about the economy, as the economy gets worse, People ramp up for war. That's what they do. That's what they do. They didn't sing that in the Bridge of River Quiet. Yes, they did. What? How's it go? I don't know. Yeah, that's what they sang. Yeah. German Chancellor also arrived there. Not a good sign, right, Benji? I've always felt that it's like, it's very difficult to um, to think about, and I don't want to talk about it really. But goddamn, it's uh, heating up, and I keep saying, as as vegans, I think the only position that we can take is one of anti-violence. If you care, if you care about anti-violence and anti-oppression, I think that's the only stance we can take. And um, and two wrongs don't make a right, and whoever stops the violent violence first might be might be the winner. But um, I'm not really sure how we can ever get, how we can ever keep going. You know, know that one. It's the ridge, bridge over River Kwai. Yes, it's it's true that the ridge, the bridge over River Kwai was the was about I think about the Burma Railway completed today in 1943. Anywho. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, directed by Frank Capra, who's one of my favorite directors. And he started just starring James, James Stewart. Hi, Mary. I'll bring down the moon for you, Mary. Anyway, that's James. That's my James Stewart impersonation. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. You can't. You can't tell me what to do. Um, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington is pretty cool because it's like this idea that any normal American can go to Washington and filibuster you can't do that anymore. <laughs> it's a, it's a quaint little old movie. If you ever see Mr. Smith goes to Washington, it feels really good to watch it, but those days are over. Don't try doing that shit today. I want to hold your hand came uh was recorded today in 1963. You know, if you ever wonder who was the first boy band, listen to I want to hold your hand by the Beatles. They went from boy band to um you know, most influential band of all time. I always wonder that. Like, I've always wished that one of our band, like when the Spice Girls were out, I was like, who knows? Maybe they'll be the new Beatles. You know, they could they can learn instruments and become become musical geniuses someday. But they didn't. I thought the same thing. Maybe the Backstreet Boys will become maybe the new kids on the block. But they never do. Today they just uh, make shitty music and they never evolve. The Beatles evolved. You know, they went from "I wanna hold your hand." They went from that to number nine. Number nine. <laughs> number nine. <laughs> Revolution number nine for the White Album. 
Look it up, kids, if you haven't seen it yet or heard it. Um, anyway, I want to hold your hand. Record it today. There you go. Let's find out. No vegans on the list today, but Arthur Miller, what a great writer. He died in 2005. He, of course, wrote The Crucible. The Crucible is the war the, and the death of a salesman. That's a great book, too. A View from the Bridge. And he wrote The Misfits, the film The Misfits, who had Marilyn Monroe as the last one. Um, and he was married to Marilyn Monroe. He was. Uh, married, Arthur Miller was married to Mil Marilyn Monroe. People forget about that. But he, he was. And uh, yeah, he was a great writer. The Crucible. Damn. The Crucible was a, you know, suppose it was an analogy about violence and um, communism and the, the, the Red Scare and what, was, what would be called a witch hunt, McCarthyism. And so he wrote a book or a play about Salem witch trials as an indictment of the federal government and how they were treating, uh, what do you call it, spectral evidence about people who had or have ever been, who were or have ever been members of the Communist Party. Even Lucille Ball was accused. It was uh, pretty shocking times. And he wrote The Crucible, which is still today so goddamn good. The Crucible. Check it out. You'll like it. Robbie Williams did evolve a little bit. Yeah. But did he, like, where's our Beatles? You know what I mean? Where are our, where are the Beatles? I think the closest thing we have is maybe Radiohead. Radiohead started out with, like, you know, just grunge rock, and they turned into something avant-garde and interesting. But um, what do you think? Who's Bela Lugosi? Don't worry about it. He's dead. Bela Lugosi is dead. <laughs> If you know Bauhaus, he, they wrote a famous song. Bauhaus was a really cool band. They wrote a song called Bela Lugosi is Dead. If you're wondering who Bela Lugosi is, re listen to that song. It'll tell you everything you need about Bela Lugosi. Just don't mention Bela Lugosi. <laughs> don't mention. You remember number nine? Number nine? I started watching Vegan Zombie. I'm getting a bit in, in education movies with no time to watch. Man, I don't know. I was on Vegan Vegan Zombies live stream, and I was like, "What are you? What 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 cool horror movies do you like?" And he's just like, "Nah, nah." He didn't seem very into horror movies, which I think is weird because he's like, he's called the Vegan Zombie. He's got posters of horror movies, but I'm always shocked by people. You know, people always shock me. I think that they're interesting and. Uh, I, don't, I just watch YouTube. I don't have to concentrate. Good idea. Carrie mentioned Bela Lugosi. Uh-oh. Spoiler alert. Dracula dies at the end. Trap is in the Matrix. It's a spoiler. Sorry. Didn't really mention Bela Lugosi. <laughs> Bela Lugosi's dead, and so is Arthur Miller. But it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Arthur Miller. I wish you had been vegan. Rita Hayworth, of course, she's wearing fur in that picture. Fucker. Evil Knievel's dead. And um, Evil Knievel, of course, was the motorcycle jumping guy. He jumped over the uh, the, fa the fountain at Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas and broke his back a million times and uh, never was the same. He also jumped over the Grand Canyon. Now his son does crazy stunts. But Mae Jemison is the first African-American woman in space. She's so cool. She's an advocate for young people being coming involved in science. She was the first, first astronaut to actually appear on Star Trek. Mae Jemison. She's a hero. Um, I think she's wonderful. If you haven't uh, heard of her, she's a physician. She's a doctor. She went to, she's a professor at Cornell University. I would... I really hope she's not one of the people testing on animals at Cornell. I really hope she's not, but she is a science professor there. So maybe she is. I don't know. They say don't meet your heroes, but I've always held astronauts too high. Uh, at a, for, you know, I've seen them with high regard, you know, and I'm a big fan of astronauts and especially ones that were on Star Trek. Who's Doug? Who's Doug McMillan? Who's this guy? CEO of Walmart. Yeah, he's not vegan. It's fucking. All right. John Wilkes. I know this guy. Radical journalist and politician. Yeah. Yeah. First ever bill for parliamentary reform. 
He was supporter of the American rebels during their war for independence against the British. Yeah, man, he was a hardcore. He was hardcore. He uh, he read the Riot Act to someone, came to mean harshly criticizing, rebuking. You ever heard that? He read him the Riot Act. <laughs> The crowd was read the riot act, which ordered them to disperse when they did not. Soldiers fired on the crowd. He was arrested in 1776 for writing an article criticizing King George III. His supporters protested in what became known as St. George's Fields Massacre. He didn't die that day, but he a wasting disease called severe maltrition, marasmus, he died of. But John Wilkes, the riot act. Come on. You ever read some of the riot act? Alan Jackson, Ernie Eels. Felicity Jones is not vegan. Well, she might be. Eminem isn't, but he should be. You ever think about, you know, Eminem? I always think he should be vegan, right? The way he talks about stuff, shouldn't he be vegan? I think so. Why isn't Eminem vegan is the question. He totally should be. I didn't mention Bella Lugosi. <laughs> Women astronauts are my heroes. Good, they should be. Sorry, I lost my... It's dark here. Well, it's gray here. It's a gray day in, in Wisconsin, in the Dells. In the Wisconsin Dells, it's a little gray. Sorry. So there you go. I met McGruff. Totally ruined my childhood. Out Finding out he's a, just a damn puppet. My whole childhood, I thought he was a real anthropomorphic crime dog in a cr trench coat. <laughs> Always thought that Eminem should be vegan. He should be vegan. The way he talks about stuff, right? Talks about fucking the mainstream and all this stuff. It's so weird. Anyway, with his manager, Paul Ro Rosenberg, he established Shady Records and helped launch the careers of 50 Cent, Yellow Wolf, Obi Trice, and others. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame last year, 2022. There he is. That's my that's my impersonation of, of Eminem. If anyone ever asks that, that's what it is. I'm beginning to think I'm a rap god. Rap god. Is Felicity Jones vegan? What do you think? Is Felicity Jones vegan? I don't think so. What do you what do you think? Is she? She vegan? Uh, she discusses her self-care, fitness routine. Felicity eats vegans. She eats clams. Felicity Jones has said she eats vegans. She also said she doesn't have any eating rules, but that working out encourages her to stay healthy. She eats, drinks almond milk smoothies with dates. Yeah, she's soy, she's soy legumes, vegan diets. Oh, interesting. So... Banana almond milk smoothies every morning. Okay, well, uh, looks like Felicity Jones might be vegan. What do you guys think? He's reaching out for your help to go vegan, Sky. Extend your hand to help him be the real Slim Shady. If that's the real Slim Shady is vegan. He should be vegan. He can rhyme orange. <laughs> My orange, dorange. My orange, my orange door hinge, and my gorge. We should reach Eminem and ask him about veganism. Let's call him. Let's call him Fifi, like that vegan teacher. I don't know. Vegan teacher, she's trying to get Ben Shapiro to go vegan. That would be pretty cool. No one can rhyme orange. Eminem can rhyme orange. Orange door hinge. My orange door hinge. Anyway, Felicity Jones. She uh, is plant-based. There you go. You know what I mean? She's English. Uh, I forget what she was in. She's famous, though, for some reason. She's an actress. I forget what movie she was in. Um, and no one says, tells it right. Chicago declared the rattiest city in America for six year in a row by Pest Control Service, Orkin, 2020. Well, I would just was in. I was just in Chicago. And let me tell you, they are ratty. They got lots of rats. Lots of rats. But their rats aren't as bold as New York rats. New York rats will run right over your feet without any kind of qualms. But a uh, Chicago rat seems to have a little bit more fear or respect or at least 
apprehension around humans. New York, New York rats don't care about humans. But today in history, Chicago declared the rattiest city in America for six year in a row. What do you know? Who died today? Frederick Chopin and Robert McClure. Yeah, well, Robert McClure is pretty cool because he did the Northwest Passage, sea route between Arctic and Atlantic Oceans. Robert McClure is a famous explorer. He died of starvation, 1852, by the ship Resolute and her crew. Uh, he died age 66. Anyway, he's pretty cool. He navigated by sea, Roald, Roald Amundsen. 50 years before the Northwest Passage, we navigated by sea. Yeah, I read a, I read so many books about um, explorers and stuff, and I've always I always love the idea of explorers. And I know some of them are problematic and have horrible things that they did, but the idea of like striking out and doing something new and special just seems so cool to me. Canadian heroine during the War of eighteen twelve walked thirty two km out of American occupied territory to warn British forces of an impending American attack. Canadians, these Canadian turncoats. How'd that go for you, Canadia? You still got Canadia. Your Canadian money still has the queen on it. Give me a break. Walked all those kilometers just to just to warn the Brits. Um, Agrippa the Elder, of course, was a noble, a Roman uh, noblewoman. Agrippina was the wife of the general statesman Germanicus. There you go. The Julio-Claudian emperors, who cares? The only person that really matters right here is the Frederick Chopin, composer, one of the earliest superstars. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, leading symbol of the Romantic era, Frederick fucking Chopin. If you've never seen, have you ever seen the movie, um, have you ever seen the movie uh, Tombstone, where Val Kilmer is playing doc holiday and he's playing the piano and the guy's like yeah i want to what can you play stephen foster wallace can you play stephen foster and um stephen foster i think camp town races and he says this is frederick fucking chopin <laughs> because frederick chopin would be like the first classical superstar that someone would know in the wild west so there you go and frederick chopin died today what did he die of? He died at the age of 39 of tuberculosis, taken too young. But you know what? He left a handsome corpse. There you go. That's it. That's the whole day. Thank you. You've been pre-shifted. Don't forget to please uh, check out Wild Earth. I made a bunch of videos from Wild Earth that just got uploaded. Please go to wildearth.com. Check out the dog food situation over there. Get some vegan dog food if you've got a dog. Get a plant-based dog food. You know what I'm saying? And what else? Oh, yeah. Also, we have um, shirts, don't we? We have veganofcourse.net shirts. Please go go to a veganofcourse.net shirt. I saw that Ed Winters just dropped a bunch of shirts, and I think the Vegan Of Course shirts are better. So please go to veganofcourse.net, get some shirts. I think they're better than Ed Winters shirts. Ooh, that's the rivalry. I think my shirts are better than Ed Winters shirts. That's, that's just how I feel about it. And meanwhile, please, also, if you're not a Patreon subscriber, please become a Patreon subscriber. I love Patreon subscribers. You're the best. Thank you, Patreon subscribers, for making this work, this whole thing work. And go to patreon.com slash vegan, of course. Thank you all for everything that you do. Thank you so much. Love rats, but so short-lived. I've had pet rats. Yeah, they only live like two years. They don't live very long. They're almost, they're almost kind of bred to have cancer, you know? Yeah. Turn your six. <laughs> I now have photo photographic evidence that Jesus killed that killed that pig. <laughs> yeah, totally. Your 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 sister did. Who who messaged you with pictures of food? My obese carny diabetic brother is in his second month of WFPB and down twenty kg. I converted a family member. Hell yeah, Carrie. Good job. Sometimes it takes uh, them to want to save their own lives to make that happen. Rats eat my garden. I'm not a fan. Rats eat my garden too. But 
you know, you don't have to, you don't have to kill them, right? You can figure something else. Put a little fence around your garden. All right, guys, thank you so much for everything. Thank you for being vegan. Thank you for being awesome, VFFs. And did you hear? If you're going to be in Denver, please come out. And if you're in Madison, Wisconsin right now, if you're somewhere near Wisconsin, please check us out. Come to University of Madison. We're going to be on the Memorial Library uh, Mall. It'll be fun. Yeah. It's so hard to not abuse animals. Colonies can fuck themselves. Don't fuck themselves. This is a shot of all Oh my gosh, I forgot. You know what I forgot? I forgot the most important part. The friggin' affirmation. Okay, so if you're not vegan, this affirmation is not for you. Vegans are for good vibe. Vegan, good vibes are for vegans only. Good vibes are for vegans only. Here we go. Perfection is not my goal. Happiness is. Perfection is not my goal. Happiness is. That's exactly right. Don't let don't let good enough and happy and perfection be enemies. You know what I mean? Happiness needs to be the goal, not perfection. I don't just save happiness for when circumstances seem perfect. I can choose to enjoy it at any time. Most of the time, uh, things aren't as perfect as I would prefer, but that's okay. I could still be happy. Even though things aren't perfect, you can still be happy. That's the that's a really good message for vegans because goddamn, we're living in a very imperfect world. Okay, now you've been now you've been properly pre-shifted. Thanks. It's so hard to not abuse animals. Colonies can fuck themselves. Don't fuck themselves. This is a shot of all vegans. Well, vegans, uh, thank you. Illegitimate non-carborundum. Don't let the bastards grind you down. Uh, tomorrow, the pre-shift might be super early because we need to get on the road. It's a 15-hour drive from here to Denver, so tomorrow might be weird, but we will do a pre-shift somehow. Also, the um, that means I'll be in a different time zone on Thursday, so please just keep your eyes open because we're going to try to do a pre-shift. It'll probably be an hour later i don't know the pre-shift will be in a different time zone tomorrow um thursday and tomorrow it will also be at a different time so the next two days will be a little squirrely all right thank you so much illegitimate non-carborundum don't let the bastards grind you down bye thank you